Hello, friends. This is Pastor Pierce Eaton, and you're listening to First and Foremost, a podcast where we give you teaching and tools to make Jesus Christ first and foremost in your life. All right. This morning, we are in Advent, obviously. So Advent's the season of preparation leading up to Christmas. Uh, We look back at Jesus' first Advent, his first coming in a manger, and then we also, in doing that, look forward to Christ's second coming in the clouds. And today we're going to look at a familiar passage. We, we sang about it several, uh, in several of our songs this morning, and that is the encounter that the angels have with the shepherds in the field. So I want to invite you to stand. We're going to read Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. I know you just sat down. We're going to stand in reverence for God's word. So this is Luke 2, 8 through 20. If you don't have a Bible, you can just look along on the screens as I read it. This is God's word. And he says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Father, as we just read your word, a familiar passage for many of us, a story that we've encountered probably in film or another sermon before, or maybe we've read it ourselves. Lord, I I just, I ask as we just read your word that you, your word not return void, that 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 it enters into us in a way that transforms our heart and our mind, that we leave here today having encountered you and be changed by you. Soften our hearts to, to hear you during this time and to respond to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take a seat. Okay, so that passage is a long passage. There's a lot to say, and there could, I could preach several different sermons from that passage. There's a lot of really good nuggets in there. Um, but today, we're going to focus on the shepherds, uh, the message they received, and their response to the message they received. 
And the title of the sermon today is Good News of Great Joy. Good News of Great Joy. I've got three points for you this morning. The first point is go and see. Go and see. So if you look at the passage with me, the angels told the shepherds good news of great joy, and the shepherds immediately responded to this news. So if you look at verse 15 and part of 16, the passage says, When the angels went away from from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. So I, I just want to paint the picture for you a little bit of what took place. Because I, you know, when we, we can kind of not think about realistically how the scene might have happened. You have shepherds who are out in the field with sheep everywhere. And, you know, a shepherd, their, their role is to, is to care for and to tend to and to protect their sheep. And all of a sudden, there's this bright light and there's this, this figure that appears to them and they become very afraid. And then they hear the angel tell them, now I've got good news of great joy for you. And then the shepherd's response is what I want to focus on because they, they do something. So shepherds were known and are known throughout history for being dedicated to their sheep. That's what they were. A shepherd's job, whether it was in the fields at night, whether it was during the day, they were to care for and protect their sheep, especially at night while the sheep are sleeping. They would stand guard for predators to, to keep them from attacking the sheep. And sheep are not like cattle, you know, especially at that time. They, they weren't just keeping them to, to later eat them, right? So uh, sheep were kept for wool. And sheep lived 10 to 12 years. And so the shepherds would know every single one of their sheep. In fact, they might have given them names. And they, they knew their sheep. They cared for their sheep. They might have known certain, certain calls and sounds that certain sheep made. They knew and loved their sheep. That's what shepherds were known for. That's why they cared for them at night. And all of a sudden, they get this news of, of great joy, and they do something that to the original audience who were, would have read Luke would have thought was amazing. The shepherds left their sheep in the field. They responded by leaving their sheep, kind of like what we see later on in Luke, later on in the Gospels, that the disciples did the same thing. You would never see a shepherd leave their sheep just like you would never see a fisherman leave his nets. But whenever people encounter the good news and the reality of who Jesus is, they drop everything and they go. I don't, I don't want us to, to kind of discount how, how big of a, a deal this is. I, I think for, for me, um, or at least I think a lot of us are, we would not be like the shepherds. If we were in the shepherd's shoes that night, I could see a lot of us responding completely differently. The, the angel appears and, and gives you this good news of great joy and you're like, wow, man, that, that's really cool. That's amazing. Wish I could go but I've got my sheep to look after. 
can't abandon them. That would have been a legitimate excuse. Or um, some of you ladies, you know, maybe it was like, I mean, the king, the Messiah is here, but I mean, I can't go looking like this. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm dressed like a shepherd, you know? Can't go see a king like this. Or for, for, for me, I was thinking about how I might have responded. What excuse might I have made? And I, I feel like my excuse, maybe for you too, would have been, wow, that's really amazing. I wonder, I wonder how many people the angels told that to. Surely we're not the only people. We're not special. We won't go. There's probably going to be a crowd. I'll avoid the lines. I don't want to go. Get in line. <laughs> I don't know what my excuse would have been. Um, but I guarantee I would have had one knowing myself. And, and I, think, I think the reason why the shepherds responded by going and seeing right away said, let's go, is because they saw the good news of great joy for what it is. And it is an invitation. They didn't just hear the news and say, wow, that's pretty cool. But they heard the news and realized this is an invitation from God to behold the Christ. And I just want to encourage you this Christmas season, respond like the shepherds. Don't make excuses. Don't, don't, don't figure out ways to, to, to get yourself out of responding to what, what God is leading you to. The good news of great joy is before you, and we have an opportunity to behold the king. May we do that. In fact, the theme throughout the Gospels, we see this idea over and over. Jesus encounters people, and they think he's awesome. But as soon as it requires something of them, then they back away. The shepherds left their sheep in the fields. The disciples left their nets on the shore. But the rich man, when Jesus said, sell all you have and come back to me, then he, was, he walked away sad because he had very much. Are we willing to abandon everything for Jesus. Be like the shepherds. Go and see. Point two this morning is to go and tell. Go and tell. So look at verse 17, 18, and 19 with me. In verse 17, it says, and when they saw it, they made known, this is when they went and saw Jesus in the manger, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Go and tell. So this scene made me think of, this kind of interaction made me think of one of my best friends growing up. Um, I had a friend, uh, his name's Matt. He went by Hambone. And... Uh, and he was cursed. Uh, he, had a, he, had a real, he had a real curse. You want to know what the curse was? The dude could not help but tell you the ending of a movie. You got a friend that's that way. Oh, my goodness. It was terrible. Like, he would be like, hey, and, and I, 
I lived next door to him growing up. He's one of my best friends. He's a groomsman in my wedding, but like um, growing up all, all my life, you'd, hey, did you watch the new movie? And I'd be like, no, 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 don't say anything. Stop, stop right there. I'm not listening. Don't say anything. And it, it was so funny. Like the dude could not help. He would start like foaming at the mouth and getting red. And he was like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything. I won't pierce. I won't, I won't. I mean, it's, it's just that he dies in the end. And I'm like, no, what is wrong with you, Matt? What is wrong with you? I just told you I was about to go see the movie. But there's something about it. He just couldn't help himself. And he was like, hey, hey, uh, so I went this week and I saw such and such a movie and I'm not going to ruin it for you. And I'm like, okay. And he'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to ruin it. But I mean, you know, he dies in the end and whenever he dies, I'm like, dude, you're. So I couldn't help but think of him this week as I've read this interaction because the shepherds, they go and see, right? And as soon as they get there, I, I just, at least in my mind, this is the way I picture it. They show up and Mary and Joseph are like, who are these guys? You know, like, what, what, what are they doing here? And they're like, hey, hey, guys, and we got something to tell you, you know. And, and everyone's like, these guys are weird. And then they just, they, they say what they, what they have been told by the angels. And then, of course, everyone marveled at what they had heard. Man, they couldn't hold it back. I want to point out something beautiful to you in this passage you may not realize. So shepherds, as you can deduce, were not held in high regard. They weren't special, set apart generally. Um, Generally speaking, they were dirty, they were uneducated, they were ceremonially unclean because of the nature of their work. So they couldn't enter the temple for worship they weren't people who were allowed in every sense. They were in many ways despised, seen as second-class citizens. They weren't special. And yet, the very first people who are told the reality of who Jesus is as the Christ, who are not in Jesus' family, are shepherds. Mary is told, Joseph is told, but the first people who aren't in Jesus' family, who hear the good news of who Jesus is, are shepherds, the unremarkable, the dirty, the second class, the people who weren't allowed to go into the temple to worship. God appears to them first. I think this is beautiful, and it communicates exactly what the angel tells them. This is good news of great joy that will be for the whole world. From the very beginning, we see that God isn't just coming for the elite. He's coming for the broken. He's coming for the rejected. No matter your station in life, no matter your education, no matter your sins, no matter your brokenness, your scars, The good news is for you. We can often discount that. And we think that when we look at other people's lives, that we, we, and I'm not the only one who does this. I know you do this. You You look at the highlight reel of other people's lives and you compare it against the blooper reel of your own. 
and, and you look at their life and you say, man, God's blessing them and God's doing all this stuff for them and look at how broken and messed up I am. And we think that God comes to save those people and not this person. Because we're, we're, we know the nitty gritty of ourselves. But I just want to let you know, Jesus came, the angels came to tell shepherds, you are unremarkable, and yet you're remarkable to God. There's nothing special about you. I don't care what your grandma told you growing up. <laughs> and yet, and yet, <laughs> and yet, God made you in his image and likeness. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew your days before you walked them. And he loves you. We need to understand this. This is good news of great joy. And just like the shepherd's response to the good news to go and, go and see, the same thing. They see that this good news of great joy is an invitation, not just to go and see, but also to tell. That they, they see it, they respond to it, and they proclaim it. They can't help themselves. They're like hand bone. They just got to get it out. Go and tell. Third point this morning is to go and praise. Verse 20 says, And the shepherds return, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Have you ever experienced something amazing? I mean, I mean really amazing. I'm sure you could think back to something in your life, something that brought you to a special you know, moment of awe. Maybe it was something beautiful that you beheld. Maybe it was a cool moment in something that happened in your life. It was just something amazing and miraculous that happened in your life. Can you think of something? Maybe it was the birth of a child. Maybe it was standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon. Maybe it was a moment in sports, right? And maybe it was something, but you have a moment likely in your life that just brought you to a place of awe. Wow, this is incredible. I can't believe I get to witness this. Now my question to you is, when that thing happened, did you walk away quiet? You didn't want to tell anybody. You didn't want to make a sound. Just let everyone else do their thing. No, of course not, right? If something, if you encountered something amazing, you can't help but tell. You can't help but praise. You can't help but sing. You can't help. I mean, am I the only one? I mean, I know that I sing more than most people, but when, when good things happen, it's just like it flows out of me. I just start singing. John, he just starts whistling. He never stops. This guy's always whistling. You might have some kind of reaction that is just almost guttural, like it just happens that, that when great things, beautiful things, miraculous things happen in your life, you respond in praise. It just happens in us. It's like we can't keep from doing it. And C.S. Lewis, I've quoted him in this a couple times in his book, The Reflections on the Psalms. He says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy Oh, 
Let me read it from up there. My thing messed up. Okay, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. In other words, whenever we encounter something beautiful, enjoyable, um, something satisfactory, that we can't help but praise it because it's almost as if there's something that God baked into our being that until we express the praise of that thing, then we haven't fully enjoyed it. Which that's a, that's a whole nother 